Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 56. The Eric Holla episode. Now we can say that, that the numbers have been released. The Eric Holla episode. I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports. Connor, how are we doing? Evan, doing well. How you doing? I'm doing great. You've been doing some Red Sox lately. Jumping in on that and doing some reporting on that. How, how's that been? Uh, not too bad. I thought, uh, you know, maybe my, my presence at Fenway would give them some, uh, good luck, you know, a little bit of a spark, but, uh, recording this one day in and they had a catastrophic collapse on Tuesday. So has not looked, uh, looked too well, but we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. But right now, not great. Not great. Not great. And it's going to be crazy hot the next couple of days. So, um, great games to go see. Maybe not the most fun. Uh, to sit in. Anyways, in the Bruins world, because that is this is Bruins podcast. It's funny sometimes in the YouTube comments on the podcast, people will comment and be like, "You took way too long to get into the Bruins stuff. You guys <laughs> talked for so long beforehand." So maybe we'll just sit here and stare at the camera, and then we'll you know let people figure we out when we start talking. We don't give a shit about the weather. It's like, all right, well, <laughs> we're gonna catch up with my friend Evan here. Yeah, we, we this is where we talk. This is where we hang out now, especially now that I'm not in person covering the Bruins uh, as much anymore. Um, anyways, uh, Fabian Lysel. Signed his entry-level contract, surprised some people, uh, just given that a lot of times some guys might want to stay over in Europe for a bit, but he comes right to Boston. The Bruins are going to get their hands on him immediately. He will most likely be at training camp, three years, uh, 925000 uh average annual value. Now, the question that everyone's wondering, he's 18, is there a chance we see him up in Boston this year? Uh, it seems a little premature to, to do that. I think, you know, as much as I think people are excited about Lysel, and I mean, they should be. I think when you've got a farm system for the Bruins that has had a lot of players with, you know, floors that are pretty easy to chop and not a lot of guys with high ceilings, it's, it's natural to be excited about a guy like Lysel and you look at his highlight reel and what he can do. Um, and it's, I think when you see a guy who's 18 sign as ELC, um, that quickly, it's easy to draw parallels, I think, to the guy that everyone talks about is a guy like Pasternak, right, who impressed over in Sweden, um, signed his, you know, his entry-level contract right away, went right to Providence, numbers went right off the bat, was over a point-per-game point guy there, and the rest is history. Is that going to happen to Fabian Lysel? I, uh, I'm sure the Bruins would love that to happen. Is that going to happen? 
Uh, I, I don't think so, right? I mean, I think you have to be very, you know, pragmatic and realistic with how his development is going to be. So if you're the Bruins and, you know, I still think it's a, a positive development in that you're getting this guy in the fold and, you know, you're, you know, hopefully for him, he's going to be cutting his teeth over in North America and adjusting to, you know, the North American game right away. You know, he very well could have gone back to Sweden and, and learned there and, you know, developed, especially in the SHL, if he was going to be there against older competition. But if now instead he's making that jump over to North America, adjusting to, you know, let's say he plays in Providence, you know, let's say if he makes that big of a jump, which is already a big step forward for him and he's, uh, you know, learning the North American game and adjusting to the, you know, the smaller rank they've got over here in North America. If he's in the AHL, he's going up against competition. That's five plus years older than him. So even if he's over here and let, let's say he plays the whole year in Providence, which again is not, you know, guarantee he could very well, you know, be a, a guy who spends here in the CHL, which granted would still be great for his development, kind of like how Lauco went to the uh, Quebec league right away and played very well. But let's say, Lysel plays the entire year in Providence. You know, he makes that jump and he finishes with, you know, like 20 plus points. Maybe if you're a Bruins fan, you look at those baseline numbers, you're disappointed because you expected this guy to be like Pasternak, right? And be a, a 30 goal guy. Just the fact that, you know, he's over there and developing and learning, you know, kind of learning the ropes in that role as an 18 going on 19 year old guy. It's already a big step forward for him. And all of a sudden you go into the 2022 season with a guy that has already gone through one year of pro hockey over in North America and is ready to make another big jump going forward. So whichever way you kind of spin it, it should be a positive de- development for both Lysel and the Bruins. And who knows, maybe this is a guy, I mean, you know, skill wins out when you look at some of these guys and a guy like Lysel has, you know, the tangible skill that you can't really kind of replicate, you know, especially in this prospect system. So just having him, you know, in the system now, uh, over North America developing, you know, with, you know, within distance of the Bruins where, you know, you don't have to have scouts overseas watching him in Sweden. The fact that he's going to be over here in North America is a big step forward for him. And who knows, maybe, maybe he will surprise people and we could be looking at him in December and he's got, you know, point per game in the AHL and, you know, they have a decision make going forward. Is it going to happen? We'll see. But all things considered, it's still a, a good thing that he's going to be back over here in North America. Oh, for sure. A good thing. And I think, you know, it's funny. One tough thing for him is always going to be using the comp to Pasternak. Everyone's going to automatically assume that he's the next David Pasternak, you know, fast, skilled right winger from somewhere in Europe. That's all that matters. It's just over there in Europe coming here, 18. Um, I can't wait for him to come to Boston, play 10 games, have like two points. And everybody's like, this guy's a bust. This nope. guy sucks. The Bruins can't see the Bruins still can't draft. Um, but I do think there's a lot of reason for optimism for him being here for all the things you said. Um, I don't know. I, someone asked me on Twitter yesterday, you know, if they think, if, if I thought he'd be in, in Boston this year, I don't think so. I think they'd like to probably try to keep him in Providence, um, ideally for the year, unless there's a need to bring him up, unless he's tearing up Providence, which as you said, I don't think there will be a true need on the wings. They, mm-hmm. this Bruins team feels pretty stacked up on both sides, left and right. Um, and then obviously for his own development, I think they would rather have him probably down in Providence. But again, who knows? Who knows? I don't remember. Um, and people will get on me for this. I don't remember, uh, if the Bruins really needed Pasternak back in 2014, definitely was a help. He had what, like 40 something points. Um, but but I don't remember the whole process of him coming up. Um, it just kind of escaped me at the moment, but I know he did in his first season. Um, that was the first season of the ELC of the 
his entry level deal, right? Yeah, it was the first year that he signed. I mean, yeah, I think he was, I want to say he was 18 exact when he was still, when he first got called up. I want to say he was the youngest player in the NHL. So, I mean, crazy development kind of in terms of his stock soaring because he was also in Sweden. You know, his numbers he put up were great, but also they were in kind of the, the second tier Swedish league, right? It wasn't the SHL like, um, like Sal was in last year. So, I mean, Pasternak's case is just kind of extraordinary just in terms of how much his stock kind of just soared right away and kind of that skill translated, you know, right to the North American game. So again, it's easy to get wrapped up in a similar situation panning out with, uh, Lysel this year, but important to kind of keep that in check and just be realistic that he's still a guy that needs to put on weight, needs to adjust to the North American game and, you know, needs to, you know, as much as he's got skill, he needs to also finish over here too. You know, it's one thing to dangle and, you know, get gritty looks, but it's another thing to bury them. So we'll see how he adjusts over here, but still, it's better to have him over here than, you know, have him over in Sweden. Again, still developing, but, you know, he's just that one step closer to the NHL that's encouraging to see for a teenager. Yeah, Pasternak had 28 points in 25 games with uh, the P Bruins. So um, interesting stuff there. Uh, as a prospect pool as a whole, uh, the question now with Fabian Lysel and with the whole prospect pool is, is there reason for optimism? Is there real reason for optimism in this Bruins uh, farm system? It's funny. I mean, I think... You know, with guys like Lysel, um, who's kind of the headliner now, you know, on D, you have Mason Lorai, you know, you have some other left and right shot defensemen that show some promise. Um, but to me, you still don't have centermen, or at least centermen that project to be top six regulars. And for that reason, I sit here today and go, well, it's great. You know, you, you added definitely at the draft. The 2021 draft was a plus. And the 2020 draft so far has seemed pretty good as well, with especially a guy like Lorai. But you still don't have centers. And to me, to be truly optimistic, you need to have the center depth because the, I think the team for the next 10 years is going to be so fundamentally different than it was for the last 15. And it's hard to replicate Krejci Bergeron, but you don't even have anything close. Right. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree in that, you know, they still got major kind of flaws. You know, I think the whole optics of this prospect pool changes if a guy like Beecher breaks through. And I mean, who knows what happens this year, you know, with a, a clean bill of health, he could very well go to a, a stacked Michigan team. And even if he's just getting secondary assists, the guy could still finish being a point per game guy. And we see kind of how his, uh, you know, how his ceiling kind of changes and what his, you know, profiles an NHL player kind of changes. Cause I still don't think we know exactly what Beecher is. I think the safe, you know, bet to say there is he's bottom six center, but who knows? Maybe he takes a big step forward this year and he starts finishing more and he becomes a guy that could be a middle six center if he, you know, makes a jump to the NHL. Um, but I think you look at the entire prospect pool, at least I think it's trending in the right direction and that you're seeing either guys with high end skill either develop like a Lysel and a Mason Lorai, who granted I think is a few years away, but I think the Bruins are encouraged by what they've seen from him. You know, we'll see how that translates over to, you know, the college game and, you know, playing over at Ohio State. But if he is a guy like kind of like Swayman where promising, you know, numbers, you know, USHL and then makes another big jump forward in college that I think is maybe, a, uh, you know, ahead of schedule, then you've got something there. And I think you look at kind of the other plays that the Bruins have in their prospect pool. It's tough to, you know, chart out guys because of how, you know, Ass backwards last year was in every league with COVID and cancellations, what have you. But they also have a few guys that, 
could conceivably, you know, have either breakout years or really strong numbers just across the board, whether that's, you know, Beecher uh, at Michigan, if he's healthy. Uh, I think you look at uh, Trevor Kuntar in uh, BC. He's a guy that was probably their best drafted forward at Dev, Dev Camp, and he should be stepping into a pretty good situation in, at BC this year where you know, they don't have, you know, Newhook or Matt Boldy and these guys. So he could be a guy that could be a point-per-game guy if his, you know, skills translate over with uh, with the Eagles. Um, you know, you, you look at, um, you know, Curtis Hall having a full season in Providence after kind of having a loss year last year. You know, he's a guy who had a very strong final season at Yale that could really break through and have a good season. So you, you've got a, a whole bunch of guys that, you know, we could be looking at this team six months down the road and are any of these guys going to be game breakers? Are these guys going to be, you know, pushing for a roster spot in December? Maybe not, but we could be looking at a prospect pool that you kind of look at, you know, if Trevor Quintar has, you know, 10 points in his first 12 games, if, uh, you know, Mason Lorai is running with the opportunity he has at Ohio State, if Beecher's doing well, if, um, you know, if, if Lysel is down in Providence and he's competing and, you know, making, you know, carving out a legitimate role in that team, you're looking at the team and at least you can see these prospects and have, you can kind of chart out a little bit of a, that next kind of wave of talent that's coming through where maybe a year or two ago when you had, you know, Beecher struggling and Laura, I didn't know what you had. You kind of had this little like, you know, gap in between the, you know, the McAvoy's and the DeBrusque and that kind of wave and then kind of this next generation. So if all these guys kind of step forward and, and continue to kind of build the game this year, you could at least have the, the structure in place of having, you know, another group of players that are they going to be top six forwards and, you know, top four D it remains to be seen, but at least you have talent coming in. Solid. So it's solid. I mean, that's my thing. I think, it, as you said, it's solid, but I just, that optimism of like, oh, this next generation, you know, they're going to be get, you know, game breakers. You don't have that. Um, and who knows? Again, they're young. <laughs> like these, these are not established, uh, NHLers or anything. You know, these guys can project more. Trent Frederick, wildly enough, could become a middle six forward at some point. Like that, you, that could happen. Um, but again, I, that ceiling doesn't just seem to be there, um, on some of these guys. Not exactly the safest bet, but what is, a safe bet. What is a very safe bet is our friends over at Bet Online. Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. The Red Sox are, uh huh. Um, they're 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 they exist. Thing. Yeah, the Patriot Patriots training camp though is underway, mm-hmm. and soon the Bruins and the Celtics will be back. Even if you haven't made it back to Fenway just yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to Bet Online and enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan. No one beats that. It is unbeatable. Can't beat it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. <laughs> Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. I'm I'm chuckling a little bit. One of my friends sent me something on Instagram, uh, and it wasn't that funny. But I looked, 
And I saw Ty Anderson post a new Instagram story, and it's a picture of Kermit the Frog, and it says, if you hate me, then kill me or shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think that's great. So I sounds like a good way, good way to navigate through just Twitter and yes. life in general. It seems. Either just, either just kill me or just shut up. I yeah. think that's pretty simple. Um, another, another piece of Bruins news, Bruce Cassidy announced to be an assistant coach on the 2022 uh, Canadian Olympic team. He's one of those guys. He could have been a, a coach on either U.S. or Can- uh, Canada. He's got dual citizenship, so he no matter what he's on either, he's bo- both sides. You know, he could if if the U.S. wins the Olympics for hockey, he could be like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty happy. I, I'm an American still. So, or if, if Canada if if Canada wins, he, he's got it both ways. He's got it both ways. But um, the real question, by the way, the head coach of that team is John Cooper. The assistants are what DeBoer and Trotz, correct? Trotz, yeah. Yep. Um, so that'll be, that's, that's, that's a coaching staff. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 do you see that roster? <laughs> yes. Um, so with the Olympics coming up, who from the Bruins could be joining Bruce Cassidy, um, on the Canadian team? Who are some of your picks for who might join that w- with him? Yeah. I think the obvious ones are, um, you know, Marchand and Bergeron seem like a lock, you know, Bergeron's obviously getting a little bit up there, but, it's tough to ignore the production and the, you know, leadership, the two-way play that he brings. Uh, you know, Canada has obviously had a lot of, uh, success when they put together a, a humble little line of Bergeron, uh, Marchand and Sidney Crosby together. Not bad. Pretty well. Yeah. It's looks pretty good. They were, I think Crazy. they were arguably their, I don't think arguably, I think they were definitely their best line during that, you know, World Cup of hockey. I think that that tournament they played, I think that line was, was dynamite, especially in that. Well, uh, remember Bleach, Bleach, Bleacher Report put out that article back in whenever about uh, <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh trading Crosby and the Bruins were a Don't team Don't do this again, Evan. Dude, they, they, you're going to have all could, these, the, these iron workers down in Pittsburgh going after you now. I know. The Bruins could have got Crosby and then uh, Petrov McGuire's meme of Crosby in a Bruins uniform could finally come to fruition. You could put him between. See, then you could move Pasternak down to the second line. Well, no, you need Bergeron. No, yeah. you need no way to say you need Bergeron on the second line. It's all, it's all crumbling now. Oh, I don't want Crosby anymore. Bruins yeah, don't no. get Crosby. No, exactly. But th- those two guys seem like a a safe bet to to uh, play for for Team Canada. Uh, I think Bergeron seems like a given, even with his age. And then Marchand, who has mentioned multiple times, you know how much he'd love to play uh, in the Olympics, uh, would be you know a great opportunity for him. That's why I think for him and for a few of these players that kind of, you know, missed it in, in 2018 because the IOC and the NHL couldn't agree to anything. Um, it'd be a great opportunity for a guy like Marchand who you'd imagine this is probably his last chance at it unless he's, you know, playing as a an elder statesman in, in uh, 2026. So um, to have him play uh, would be a great opportunity because he certainly deserved it. And as we've said multiple times, Marchand's a guy that's gone from a fourth line pass to the best left wing in the game. So it's a definitely a, an appropriate kind of appointment for him in that role. And, uh, you know, they, they could be more, you know, more Bruins across the board that are also take part in the Olympics. You know, I think McAvoy is going to be a lock for uh, team USA. And then, you know, Pasternak is going to be a lock for a Czech Republic and who could, who could be over in the Czech Republic with him. Ooh, one more teammate, David Krejci. And be, teaming up right before you know he's gonna sign a potential contract before the trade deadline makes you think evan makes you think maybe also rask could be maybe yeah. for uh for finland and lena solmark maybe i don't know where's where's he could, uh, yeah for sweden i'm trying to think sweden. how many, how many other sweet 
How many of those Swede goalies? Well, it also depends on how he's playing. If he's, if Olmark is what the Bruins think he is, then he very well could be in the running because. Well, they remember, they- m- remember in 2010, um, the year before Thomas in 08, 09 was like lights out good. Mm-hmm. And then 09, 10, he lost the starting job to Rask and Miller ended up getting the starting job in the mm-hmm. Olympics and Thomas was the backup. Now it worked out fine. Miller was unconscious that year. Um, yes. But yeah, it, it does matter. Martian is going to make the team. I think no matter what, I like, I think that's a freaking lock. One that I'm interested in. Do you think Taylor Hall makes it? He could. I mean, if he's, if he plays like he did, if he's late, you know, 2021 Bruins Taylor Hall, then it's up to see how he wouldn't. I mean, you could make the case that his line was one of the best in the league once he arrived. I think I said, well, the, some, what the crazy number was, I think he played 200 minutes of five and five ice time with the Bruins during the regular season and the Bruins outscored opponents 15 to one. It's crazy. Not bad. So, uh, we'll, we'll see how that production kind of translates to this year. If it's Charlie Coyle in the middle instead, but you know, who knows me, you know, I've seen people talk about that second line and it's going to be as good as it was with Krejci. No, but you can make the argument that now it's kind of, you know, the roles are switched and that, you know, Taylor Hall is kind of the Krejci, that line of being the guy that's going to drive it. And he's a guy that it's not like he needs a, he's a finisher. You know, he's a guy that can drive play that can, you know, push the puck into the O zone can, can make kind of something happen out of nothing. So um if he's playing his game and even if he's a point per game guy and he's doing well with, um, you know, with Coyle and Craig Smith, you know, I think he definitely has value on the Olympics team, especially, you know, just in terms of his transition game. Granted, it's not like he's the only skilled guy. Like they're going to have Bergeron on the wing, probably with Crosby. You've got, um, you got McKinnon, you got McDavid down the middle, um, tons oh. of talent. So, so we'll see kind of, he, he, I think if he plays like he did last year, he'd be a definite candidate and be more than deserving, but also, it's Canada and that roster is going to be stacked. That fourth line yeah. is going to be crazy. Like, like he could be a fourth line guy. Well, I remember Brian Burke talking about making team USA and how they always tried to like match Canada in the sense of like, they would, you know, in previous years before I think 2010, they would try to have a lot just the best players and they'd have the best possible us players on the fourth line. But when, he was building, I think it was the 2010 team. He was like, we should just build a lineup. Like we build a hockey team. Like the fourth line's a grinder line and hard hitting and stuff. And like, just try to like shut them down. And it almost worked. Almost worked. Uh, interested to see how that all, the Olympics will be fun though. If, if that happens, that would be very cool. Um, just comes down to if it'll actually take place, which for, for everyone's sake, I hope it does just because. Yeah. That's a, a lot, big of, thing lot, to lot of a lot of talent out there, especially I think yes. for USA. I, I don't think they'd be the favorites because I think Canada looks like a wagon again. But just for the sake of the market, you've got a lot of very good marketable young players, not only across the league with you know Pasta and you know up in Canada, but especially USA, they can make a definite run for it, and they've got a core in place that could definitely make some noise in the coming years. So I think this it's important team, for the game this, to have this, this U S team seems better than definitely past years for sure. I mean, it goes to show you how much better high end talent. Definitely. Yes. Yes, absolutely. But anyways, that is today's poke the bear. Uh, Connor, before you go, what can the people go look forward to over BSJ? Yeah, I think we're going to take a, a breakdown and take a look at the top prospects in the Bruins system. I think he's got a bit of a better picture after dev camp. So we'll, Look at that. Look at some, you know, lingering lineup questions. Now that I think most of the the dust is settled from the the off season, at least for 
at least for right now. So all that stuff will be over at BSJ. So subscribe over at bostonsportsjournal.com. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that for Poke the Bear. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You Poke the Bear listeners have a great rest of your day. <laughs>